0: Lord, make me like Christ. You know, uh, okay. uh, Consider what that cost of discipleship is going to be. As the Father sent me, so send I you, not to live, uh, you know, the unbroken life, but to live in the places where the, the the witness of the gospel and martyrdom matters most. It is really hard to understand Matthew how the American church which John Piper calls the Disneyland of the universe, can be a full expression of the witness of Christ in the safety and security of our 300,000 churches.
1: The Mission Matters Podcast is a partnership between 1615 and Missio Nexus, who have a shared passion to mobilize the people of God to be a part of His mission. Today's episode is sponsored by Support Raising Solutions. Support Raising Solutions is a Christian ministry that serves the body of Christ around the world to provide biblical and practical training on how to raise your support and launch your ministry. They desire to flood the nations with Great Commission workers who are spiritually healthy, vision-driven, and fully funded. And now, the mission matters.
2: Bob Blinko, man, it's good to be with you today. Hey, thanks a lot, Matthew. Yeah, I appreciate you stepping in for our friend Ted Esler, who was on sabbatical. You'll be my guest co-host for the next three episodes. And today, you're actually my guest. You're not just the guest co-host, you're actually the guest.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah. So over the next three episodes, we're going to be talking about taking the gospel to the hardest places on the planet. And you, Bob, have some experience when it comes to that topic, I understand. Uh, You served as a missionary in Iraq. Maybe you could tell us when. And um, I'm also really curious why Iraq. So when did you
0: serve there and why did you select Iraq? Well, that was in the 90s. And my family and I and our team was the first missionary team to serve in Iraq in modern times. That was in the north among the Kurds, the Kurds who say they live between Iraq and a hard place. Ha ha. And uh, Jan and I just made a visit there, 18 day visit uh, a month ago to okay. see our our many friends, because uh, thanks be to God, uh, the gospel has uh, gone forth in the northern part of Iraq. However, however, central Iraq and southern Iraq remain nearly untouched by the gospel message. So. There's still an edge. There's still a frontier. There's still a region beyond, as Paul referred to it in Second Corinthians ten sixteen, uh, which which we believe is where the gospel people should go now. That's right. So, Bob, I'm
2: curious. I, I want to hear what is happening today, but I want to backtrack a little bit because I think your story is compelling. I would imagine that as you started to prepare to go to the field, you probably faced some pretty significant obstacles. I've talked to many a missionary, and they say that some of the strongest and most hurtful opposition to getting to the field didn't come from outside of the church. It it came from inside of the church. I I wonder if you encountered any of those obstacles on your trajectory to the field and, and how you dealt with them.
0: Yes, thank you. I think there is a biblical basis for this kind of opposition that we have to work through as Paul himself uh, had to work his way out of the Jewish context in order to go to the, the Gentiles. So, yeah, I looked uh, to most Christians like I had a tree growing out of the back of my head when I said I want to leave all this familiar and go to the regions beyond. Look, I had been a pastor in Central California uh preached my heart out uh, for six years. But when I resigned, get this, 50 men applied to take my place as pastor of a church of 90 members mm-hmm. in Central California. And I thought to myself, why should I do what 50 other men can do and want to do yeah. when there are places beyond the reach of the gospel where there's no light yet and someone has to go as though with a backpack in his hand or her hand and bring the hope of Jesus Christ to the regions beyond. So it was that experience. It was the Bible itself. To uh, You know, the first time I heard John 3.16 read aloud to me was the day I became a Christian at 18. And that continues to be the focus of my entire life, looking back and forward. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And later I found the next verse for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the Bible, the Holy Spirit, like-minded people, Matthew, like-minded people that we have to find uh, who are also called to do this strange thing. All of these work together. And then you know what? I had a willing wife. She was ahead of me in missions interest. And so I uh, give thanks to God for her willingness and her capacity to tell the children this is what we're doing now we're selling our possessions and we're we're going to go to a place that god is going to show us that's beautiful bob
2: that willing wife what what a gift what an asset um i've heard many a missionary story and that uh spouse is often just such a great source of inspiration and uh, provides resilience
0: too Look, the, every direction you you look in the non-Christian world among the unreached peoples is broken, depraved. And one of those ways is the way husbands treat their wives and the way men treat women. Hmm. So when you can go married, it's immediately an effect. Uh, light the candle and put it on the lampstand and it will give light to everyone in your house. That means people that come to visit will be experiencing... Uh, the gospel of respect. Look what Peter said after spending years with Christ when he wrote in 1 Peter 3, live with your wife in an understanding way. Mm. Matthew, that's enough to keep us all in counseling for the rest of our lives.
2: Yes, that's right. Uh, To
0: understand another person uh, and a woman if you're a man. So this uh, great revolution in how we should regard the other uh, in our marriages has been a tremendous point of entry of the gospel for women in the Muslim world, as well as men who are hearing from God and uh, realizing that they have been uh, uh, disobedient to the God of the Bible in the way they have perceived their marriages.
2: You know, I want to circle back to something you said. I mean, it's, it's not the, the basis of our <clears throat> podcast today, but I love that 1 Peter 3, 7 passage. Be considerate as you dwell with your wives. As you said, living with them in an understanding way. And that word consider means to study. We ought to become students of our wives and understand what makes them tick and, and how to help them excel in life and grow in Christ. And yeah, what a powerful testimony on the field to love your wife in that way, it, it puts on display this uh, parable of Jesus's love for the church. So I, I just love what you said, that, that marriage becomes such an instrument of gospel witness in the field. Now, that's not to say that God can't use those who are single to win souls for Jesus on the field either. But, but I love the fact that, that marriage can be a great asset for evangelism. That's wonderful.
0: Single missionaries are great. Single missionaries are wonderful. Single men, single women. uh, They are oftentimes adopted into a family. They are effective language learners. They learn their testimonies in the second language or the third language uh, quicker. They are inroads to the gospel. And yes, they bear a certain uh, difficult uh, suffering because. People over there don't understand a single person who has hit 30 years old like right. that. But it, it is a calling from God to go as singles. And so we, we bless the Lord for the people on our teams that are out there as singles.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful. So before we talk about what's happening in Iraq today, I'd love to hear that. I'm sure our listeners and viewers would as well. Would you share with us the greatest challenge you faced on the field in Iraq? And how did you persevere through it? Because again, the places that need the gospel the most today are the hardest places to reach. And so this idea of resilience is so important. What can we learn from you, Bob? What was the greatest challenge and how did you press through it?
0: And as I reflect upon that great challenge, I would sum it up as saying the challenge, the danger of losing heart, this biblical phrase which occurs five times in the New Testament, always in the context of a severe uh, providence of God that you have to go through. Every direction that you look or that I looked uh, in the morning in northern Iraq was a danger of losing heart. In fact, truth to tell, Hmm. there were some mornings I didn't want to open my eyes because it would mean facing the first of many unsolvable problems that day uh so the the real place to win this battle is with the lord with his word and with like-minded people and uh we have in fact done studies of what makes what allows missionaries to endure on the field helping them to overcome and to stay 10 years to life uh in a context of danger and the first one is uh the word grit you know you just have to re- go, you have to refer back to the calling from god this is why we spend most of our time in our candidate school process before people go to the field helping them to be reassured if it is from the lord that their church wants to send them that this is biblical that they have a call from god and we give them a green light or a pause you know if they're not uh, ready to go yet because Losing heart, you know, is uh, is going to is going to be a real threat. Now, the the ways you lose heart, ways a person, a missionary, I lost heart was in the 360 all around. It was teammates who were hard to get along with. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, and we worked very hard to do peacemaking on the team, much harder than you have to in the church, I would say. I went through candidate school, uh, Matthew, and they took me aside before I went overseas, and they said. Uh, Bob, you're going to stay uh, home for a while and get some counseling and work on that anger problem. Hmm. <laughs> Made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand that that became one of the assets that I brought because I got the respect of my wife back and the respect hmm. of my children. So uh, the, the, the s- s- sins that so easily beset us before we go to the field have to be addressed. Yeah. And in some way, the wound has to be lanced for us to go and, and not lose heart. And yes, then uh, there is the disappointment of not, re- not seeing the fruit that you believed for. Look at the fruit promised in the Bible. I think of Isaiah chapter 5, verse 26. Jehovah God will lift up a banner to the nations. He will whistle to them from afar and they will come quickly. And we have uh, the Christmas card blessing, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the shadow of the valley of death, upon them a great light has shined. And so, Lord, do what you said you would do through the prophet Isaiah. Do what you said would happen in, in Christ's words. I have other sheep. They too must hear my voice. So the disappointment of not seeing it, you do need to see the Lord's answers to prayer. So we have to keep praying and then we will see the means by which we don't lose heart. That's what Jesus said in Luke 18. You ought to pray always so that you do not lose heart. So in general, there's a, a, a thousand different variables on why people lose heart. Yes, in our in our street, uh, danger was one of those obvious ones. Our lives were in, in danger two or three times, uh, close up and personal. And, uh, uh, my light, my, my picture went up on the checkpoints in the bad parts of the places I had to go, you know, and they were looking for me. Uh, of course the reward was just $20. So I was pretty disappointed in that. (laughs) You have to understand, uh, that's not the main problem that people face in most parts of the Muslim world. It's more the 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 daily grinding the grinding down of your soul now matthew i've just made a trip over there and we had to cancel a trip to a part of the country of iraq because um a missionary was martyred ahead of Mm -hmm. us and uh we had to cancel that part of the trip he gave the last full measure of devotion to the lord jesus christ he leaves a wife and children it could have been me I came back with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. wondering why this one died and I didn't. Wondering why everything collapsed around me and I was left to to live uh, to, you know, to get counseling again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in order to keep the context of how we keep going in the midst of many troubles, we have to remember uh, we have to deal with martyrdom. We have to have pillow talk, husband and wife. The singles have to have someone important that they have poured their heart out into and really done that biblical thing. I'm going to do mission where dying is gain, mm-hmm. Philippians 121. Yeah. So let us be about the people who are, first of all, giving their lives to Christ and allowing Christ to give them that final witness if, uh, of, of uh, final sacrifice, if that is what his will is. If we want to get to Revelation seven nine, the multitude around the throne, we will have to go through Revelation six nine, hmm. the martyrs underneath the throne, and yes. there is no shortcut that shortcut. So may God regard this witness who has just given his life as the means to open up the gospel in that great city where we have so much desire to go, into which we pray for. Hmm. And if you can think of any future. Better than that, you'll have to tell me. In fact, his widow said as people visited her in the homes and they came to wail, as is the way of the Middle East, she says, don't wail for my husband. He is with God our Father now in heaven. Mm -hmm. He believed and God took him to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. You know that at the point of her loss, God gave her strength to do that day after day. Mm -hmm. And that witness then abounded to the city. Hmm. In a way that what the normal conversation, the normal apologetics, the normal life of a believer uh, to bring about the hope of Christ through words and deeds could not happen except by this profound, severe mercy.
2: Hmm. You talk about the the fullness of the Gentiles, Bob. Uh, You know, Paul writes about it in Romans 11, 25. And, of course, we we see that verse fulfilled in Revelation 7, where there is a a worshiping multitude of people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. There's the complete number of the Gentiles. But I like what you said. We will not see the complete number of the Gentiles without the complete number of martyrs.
0: And let us be very sober-minded about that. That is the way Paul lived. That is the way he became like Christ. Lord, make me like Christ. You know, uh, okay. Uh, consider what that cost of discipleship is going to be. As the Father sent me, so send I you. Not to live, uh, you know, the unbroken life, but to live in the places where the, the, the witness of the gospel and martyrdom matters most. It is really hard to understand, Matthew, how the American church, which John Piper calls the Disneyland of the universe, can be a full expression of the witness of Christ in the safety and security of our 300,000 churches. This is why uh, Hudson Taylor wrote in his diary, June of 1865, Unable to stay in the presence tonight of a thousand Christians rejoicing in their own security, I wandered alone onto the shores of Bristol, and there rededicated my life to Christ and to China and asked the Lord for two missionaries for each of the 11 inland provinces of China. So, well, that's for me, you know. Let me find the person who is unable to stay in the presence of a thousand Christians rejoicing in their own security. No more m M&M Christianity for some of us. That's more and more for me and mine. No more singing the praises simply of what Christ has done for me without hearing what he would have us to do. Did you hear what I want you to do? Or are you just going to keep praising me until I pull the plug on your church? So this person, Jesus Christ, still calling people to the edge. Ow. Oh, it was my privilege to be the first in that great city. And uh, we saw the first people come to faith where there were no scriptures. Mm-hmm. Where there was no gathering of Kurds. Um, the result of that was this Gospel of John, the first book of the Bible ever translated into the Kurdish language, Matthew. If I may, I'd like to read in Kurdish Please. from Christ's own words, a great commission passage uh, to your listeners. Jesus Christ in John chapter 10, starting at verse 14. Gut, as Shivani who as Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And then this. I have other sheep that are not of this fold as one I must bring them also they too shall listen to my voice there shall be one flock and one shepherd this is where all history is leading to mm-hmm. this is the great vision that Christ gave to his hearers in that day and in ours so mm-hmm. what I what I want to say to you and all is yes we found the edge in our day but the edge has moved. And there's still a, a frontier of the gospel message. I can refer your listeners to 100 peoples and places in the Muslim world who are where, which are beyond, which are in the regions beyond, the places where Christ would have us to go now. And I know that people are serious and they want to know because they come up to me at perspectives classes or uh, in my travels and say, where's the need the greatest? Yeah let's i can tell you i can show you that place refer to you to the the hundred as we call it and uh and then we sort it out we see who really must go to those places and who was just uh flirting with it you know and i don't want to judge people that don't go you know this is the lord's business it is always a call from the lord Mm -hmm. but i assure you for your listeners who want to know if the task has been completed if it's just mopping up what's left and Piling on the number of missionaries in certain cities of the world where there are already hundreds of witnesses of the gospel and, and dozens of churches. I can show you those places where the light has still yet to be brought to them. And we will, need, we will need people who will take in their backpacks, I speak metaphorically, a piece of flint to strike the spark and start the fires where mm-hmm. there is no lamp lighthouses yet of the gospel. And if you can think of anything more excited to do than that, you'll have to tell me because I can't. No wonder Jordan Grooms said, if God calls me to be a missionary, I would not stoop to be a king. Yeah, that's so good, Bob. So I've used the word resilience
2: a few times in talking to missions orgs. I know that this is something that they seek to cultivate in the hearts of candidates because resilience is exactly what is needed to keep people on the field. Any suggestions on how to build that type of gospel resilience and stick to um, how to help them develop a, a mentality of, I'm going to keep on keeping mm-hmm. on in spite of hardship. How do we cultivate that? Because we need missionaries who will stay the course, not who will go for 12 months and come home or 24 months and come home. We need missionaries who will stay the course.
0: How do we do it, Bob? Well, first is a confession. God, I'm not sure I... I'm cut out for this. I'm gonna need help to be resilient in the ways you're talking about. Hmm. I actually wrote down a list of all the hardships I didn't wanna experience. I didn't wanna live without electricity for most of the five years that we were there. I didn't wanna squat into a toilet with no proper uh, seat to sit on. I didn't wanna face the, uh, the, 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 the diseases. And you know all of my my uh, fears came true so i think first of all is that prayer that jesus christ said at acts 18 pray that the lord pray to the lord that you might not lose heart ask god for help this is the work of the holy spirit no one no man or woman can give you a calling to go it is christ alone who calls us be sure of that calling pray to lord for the grit, the resilience that you need. You might not lose heart when the uh, chips are down. And then you need a friend. You need a team. You need a buddy. Somebody that'll go with you through this. Someone who will say, I'm pretty sure I can't make this on my own. But with your help, if you don't leave me, maybe I can do this and find people that are just as open and vulnerable and who will stay with you and you with them. That's the, that's the value of a team. So peacemaking on the team. Oh my gosh, we keep meticulous records, Matthew, of why people come home early, broken, sorrowful, and losing heart. And right up there, you know, is conflict. And oh. we worked very hard on resolving problems on the team and giving people the, the training that they need to uh, resolve conflicts on their team. So these are the assets to make people resilient. Make sure of a call from God. And that calling is from, it can be affirmed by your church and by a missions organization. Pray to God for resilience, like Jesus said in Luke 18, 18, 1 and 2, and have a team to go with you so that when you are down and out and don't want to open up your eyes in the morning to face the day, someone will say, Bob, don't make it, don't make it in like this. If you can't make it, what good am I? So then you have uh, the, the chance to have a band of brothers, a band of brothers and sisters to go with you. Yeah. And then you do need some fruit. You need to see some fruit on the field. So look for that, pray to God for fruit, cast the nets that you might uh, be fishers for men and women mm-hmm. and believe that God is gonna have, you have to have some fruit. So these four, I would say, a call from God that is assured by the church, your prayers that you might depend upon God when you want to give up. A new band of brothers who will go with you and stay with you. And then finally, ask God for fruit, a fruit that will remain. This is his promise if we will abide in him. That's what I would say all, all together. That is wonderful stuff there, Bob. I'm going to add one more if I can,
2: though I don't have your experience as a full-time missionary. I have been involved in mobilization for 30 years now and I've talked to many a missionary and there's a few that I've seen that at great expense to themselves, they have poured out their lives in the service of the gospel and to Christ. And when I see these people, you know, my initial thought is I'm going to pity them. They've given up so much, but Bob, when I see their joy in Jesus, and the intimacy they have with the Savior, Mm. I don't pity these people. I envy them Mm. because in giving away their lives for this great cause because of their love for Jesus, they have a level of contentment and joy that I I honestly don't know. So I I guess I would add to that, if, if, if you have that confirmed call of God, He will be enough for you. His presence will sustain you. And maybe in the end, like David Livingstone, you'll say, I never made a sacrifice. Well, I love that. I never made a sacrifice.
0: Well, I think you're right. And we do despair at times. And we need a safe place like Jesus Christ provided for Peter in Mark chapter 8, 32 and following when he said, I've left everything to follow you. (laughs) And Christ was a reward man. You know, Uh, not a reward in this world so much as in the end eternal life. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The reward is new life in Christ. Frankly, Matthew, uh, we are Christian hedonists. To coin, to, to borrow a phrase from John Piper, is, uh, you do this because you say, what's, what's the best course for me? What's the best future for me? And then we have the person of Abraham to look at, you know, who said, I'm going to shut the books here, here in Haran, and I'm going to go all the way to... Uh, to uh, the place that God is going to show me. Uh, Blessed to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And so it begins. Another generation of people like Abraham about to go out. And those of us who are listening on this call, pray that the good news that has come this far Hmm. will soon and very soon come to pass for all the peoples of the world in the regions beyond.
2: Yeah. Well, Bob, one final question for you today. Okay, we're keeping with this theme of mobilizing the people of God to go to the hardest places. And your story is certainly inspirational and I'm sure it's benefited people today. Knowing what you know today, what one piece of wisdom would you give to a wide eyed 18 year old Bob Blinko Mm. who was preparing to go to the mission field? I think that Mm. would be meaningful for those who are listening, who are contemplating their own call to
0: the field. That's great. Uh, well, that one piece of advice is a cluster of grapes. You know, there's, a, there's the scriptures. Because with the scriptures you, are, you you discover the God of Abraham, Christ and, and Paul and the golden thread through the Bible of blessed to be a blessing and a light to the Gentiles. So be, be a person of the book, a man and a woman of the Bible. And then a, find yourself a, an older friend who's just been a little farther ahead of you on this way. Yes, we love the word mentor. It doesn't have to be that formalized, but someone that you can check in with and say, uh, what can you tell me? What can I read? Can I tell you my problems? Someone who's a safe place, but a little more mature in the apostolic ministry of missions than you. So what I would say, Matthew, at a a perspectives class, because perspectives is the number one uh, determiner for people who are 18 years old and a little older, Or how they heard the call of God. I would say, can we make this the first conversation? And I would want to be that person to them, ask them to find someone else for your listeners today, who would, to whom they could say, can can we make this the first conversation Hmm. and stay in touch? Because you're gonna need to be touched seven times by a person and 20 times by the Bible and 10 times in your prayer life and 10 times in your church. So these cluster of things, your life in the church, your life in scriptures, your life with a mentor and your life with, um, the, uh, uh your prayer life. These mm. are the, the means I would say, by which the 18 year old will become a 28 year old mm. and will be, uh, of his or her call by God to go to the nations.
2: Yeah. I love it, Bob. Stay in the book. Mm -hmm. Stay close to Jesus. Really incredible wisdom, simple and yet so profound. So, thank you so much. Hey, let's give people a preview for what's coming. Bob will be my guest co host for the next two episodes. Bob, we're going to be talking to Mary Ho, who's the executive international director of All Nations, on the next episode. You know Mary?
0: Yeah.
2: And we'll be discussing the life lessons from John Allen Chow. Um, All Nations was the sending organization that sent him to the North Sentinel Islands. And I've heard Mary's story and just some of the background and backstory uh, of that. And it's it's a pretty amazing story. So lessons learned from his life, also his martyrdom. Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna have Triad Earth on the next installment where we're gonna talk specifically about their value proposition of training and preparing people to go to these hard places we're talking about. So I look forward to continuing the conversation with you, my brother.
0: Thank you very much, Matthew. I'd be back to back with you if we were the last two good guys on earth.
2: Hey, amen, Bob. Thank you so much. God bless you. you folks. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Before you go, be sure to like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks again to our sponsor, support raising solutions find the training and inspiration you need to become fully funded at SupportRaisingSolutions.org. the mission matters podcast is a partnership of 1615 and missio nexus check out 1615.org and missionexus.org for more resources on the mission of god and the matters of the mission the Mission Matters Podcast is hosted by Matthew Ellison, President of 1615, and Ted Esler, President of Missio Nexus.